chapter eleven of the ladies book of etiquette and manual of politeness by florence hartley this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by christine lamberton chapter eleven dinner company etiquette for the hostess in issuing invitations for a large dinner party the usual form is mr and mrs g request the favor of mr and mrs l's company to dinner on wednesday march eighth at o'clock if your husband is giving a party to gentlemen only he will have a card printed or written for the occasion but your duties as hostess if he wishes you to preside will still be as arduous as if your own friends were included in the invitation the directions given in the chapter on evening parties for the arrangement of the parlor and the dressing rooms will apply here equally well but the dining room in this case the center of attraction requires still more careful attention any fault here will mar your own comfort and the pleasure of your guests and must be carefully avoided send out your invitations by a servant or man hired for the purpose do not trust them to dispatch or penny post be careful in selecting the guests for a dinner party remember that conversation will be the sole entertainment for several hours and if your guests are not well chosen your dinner no matter how perfect or costly the viands will prove a failure the most agreeable dinners are those whose numbers will allow all the guests to join in a common conversation and where the host has spirit and intelligence to take the lead and start a new subject when the interest in the old one begins to flag dinners where the guests depend entirely upon the person next to them for conversation are apt to be stupid as it requires marvellous tact to pair off all the couples so that every one will be entertaining in tete-a-tete conversation to give a good dinner your means room and establishment must all be taken into consideration when you are preparing for a dinner company if you invite a large number you must increase your establishment for the occasion as to sit down to a dinner badly served with a scarcity of waiters is tiresome and shows little tact or grace on the part of the hostess one cook cannot prepare dinner properly for more than ten persons and three waiters will find ample employment in waiting upon the same number more than this number will require a table too large for general easy conversation and throw your company into couples or trios for entertainment have your table spread in a room that will accommodate all the guests comfortably at the same time avoid putting a small social party in a large room 
where they will appear lost in the space around them let the room be comfortably warmed and if your dinner is late have the apartments well lighted if you sit down by daylight but will remain in the room until after dark have the shutters closed and the lights lit before the dinner is announced as nothing can be more awkward than to do this in the middle of a meal the shape of a table is a point of more importance than some people think if you wish your dinner to be social not a mere collection of tater tates the table should be of a shape which will make it easy for each guest to address any one at the table the long parallelogram with the host at one end and the hostess at the other is stiff too broad too long and isolates the givers of the feast from the guests the round table if large enough to accommodate many guests has too large a diameter each way for easy conversation the best table is the oval and the host and hostess should sit in the middle of each side facing each other the dining room even in the heat of summer should be carpeted to deaden the noise of the servants feet the chairs should be easy without arms and with tall slanting backs it adds much to the comfort if each person is provided with a footstool you must have besides the waiters one servant to carve and he must be an adept no dish should be carved upon the table and that no guest shall wait too long for his meat you must engage a rapid and dexterous carver for a party of ten two waiters and the carver are amply sufficient if you have too many servants they will only interfere with each other and stand staring at the guests give your orders before dinner and through the meal never speak to the servants your whole attention must be given to the guests even if you see that matters are going wrong do not let your annoyance appear but gracefully ignore the painful facts let each servant have his regular position at the table one should take the guests at the right of the hostess and the left of the host and the other the guests on the other side they should wear light noiseless shoes and white gloves and each one carry a folded napkin over his right arm the main point in the arrangement of the table itself is to secure beauty without interfering with conversation the table cover and napkins must be of snowy damask the glass clear as crystal and taste must preside over each detail let nothing high be placed on the table that will effectually separate the guests from each other there should be first a handsome centerpiece and this may be of glass silver or china 
and not too high or large and must be elegant as a work of art or it is better omitted altogether preserve or fruit stands tastefully decorated with the fruit on fresh green leaves and flowers mingled with them form exquisite centrepieces a pyramid of flowers or tasty vase or basket forms too a beautiful ornament for the centre of the table in addition to this the french scatter vases of flowers all over the table at the corners and in the centre some place a small fragrant bouquet before the plate of each guest nothing can be more beautiful than this arrangement glasses of celery dishes of clear transparent jellies or preserves exquisite little glass plates of pickles should stand in order on the table place before each guest the plate knife fork spoon four wine glasses of various sizes the goblet of water napkin small salt cellar salt spoon and roll of bread place none of the meats or vegetables upon the large table these should all be served at a side table each guest selecting his own to be handed by the servants the first course is soup as this is not meant to destroy the appetite for the other viands it should be light not too rich or thick let the servant hand one ladleful to each person if you have more than one kind he must first inquire which each guest prefers if you have wines let them be handed round after the soup next comes the fish if you have large fish let a slice cut smoothly not made into a hash by awkward carving be placed upon the plate of the guest with a slice of egg and drawn butter if the fish are small one should be placed upon each plate then comes the patties of oysters minced veal or lobster or instead of these you may have poultry or game next the roast with the meats have vegetables served on a separate plate that the guest may take as much as he wishes with meat you will of course have a variety of vegetables but scarcely any guest will choose more than two the pastry and puddings come next in order and these too are better served from a side table between the pastry and the dessert have salad and cheese placed before each guest if you eat dessert in the same room that you dine in it should be placed upon the table with the exception of the ices before the guests are seated and this comes after the pastry has been discussed it should consist of fruit and ices a pleasanter and more elegant way is to have the fruit and ices spread in a separate room 
and leave the dining-room after the pastry has been eaten the change of position the absence of the meat flavor in the atmosphere make the dessert much more delightful than if it is eaten in the same room as the dinner in summer especially the change to a cool fresh room where the ices and fruits are tastefully spread and flowers are scattered profusely about the room delights every sense coffee follows the dessert and when this enters if your guests are gentlemen only your duty is at an end you may then rise leave the room and need not reappear if you have lady guests you give the signal for rising after coffee and lead the way to the parlor where in a few moments the gentleman will again join you suppose your guests invited servants instructed every arrangement made and the important day arrived the next point to consider is the reception of your guests be dressed in good season as many seem to consider an invitation to dinner as one to pass the day and come early take a position in your drawing-room where each guest will find you easily and remain near it until every guest has arrived as each one enters advance to meet him and extend your hand have plenty of chairs ready in the drawing-room as an invitation to dinner by no means argues a stand-up party as you have already arranged every detail your duty as hostess consists in receiving your guests gracefully conversing and looking as charmingly as possible flowers in the drawing-room are as great a proof of taste as in the dining-room as the time just before dinner is very apt to be tiresome you should bring forward all the armor against stupidity that you possess display upon tables arranged conveniently about the room curiosities handsome books photographs engravings stereoscopes medallions any work of art you may own and have the ottomans sofas and chairs so placed that your guests can move easily about the room or rooms the severest test of good breeding in a lady is in the position of hostess receiving dinner guests your guests may arrive all at once yet you must make each one feel that he or she is the object of your individual attention and none must be hurt by neglect they may arrive very early yet your duty is to make the time fly until dinner is announced they may come late and risk the ruin of your choicest dishes yet you must not upon pain of a breach of etiquette show the least annoyance if you know that the whole kitchen is in arms at the delay you must conceal the anguish 
as the spartan boy did his pangs to turn a cheerful smiling face upon the tardy guests when dinner is announced you will lead the way to the dining-room upon the arm of one of your gentlemen guests having paired off the company in couples the host comes in last with a lady upon his arm you may indicate to each couple as they enter the dining-room the seats they are to occupy standing until all are seated or you may allow them to choose their own places the english fashion of placing a card upon each plate with the name of the person to take the seat upon it is a good one it enables the hostess to place those whom she is certain will be mutually entertaining next to each other place the gentleman who escorts you from the parlour at your right hand having once taken your seat at table you have nothing to do with the dinner but to partake of it not a word or even a glance will a well-bred hostess bestow upon the servants nor will she speak to the guests of the dishes their choice rests between themselves and the waiters and you must take no notice of what they eat how much or how little nay should they partake of one dish only you must ignore the fact the greatest tact is displayed where the hostess makes each guest feel perfectly at ease she will aid her husband both in leading and supporting the conversation and will see that no guest is left in silence from want of attention whilst she ignores every breach of etiquette her guests may commit she must carefully observe every rule herself and this she must do in an easy natural manner avoiding every appearance of restraint her deportment she may be sure is secretly watched and criticized by each guest yet she must appear utterly unconscious that she is occupying any conspicuous position to watch the servants or appear uneasy lest something should go wrong is excessively ill-bred and if any accident does occur you only make it worse by noticing it to reprove or speak sharply to a servant before your guests manifests a shocking want of good breeding the rules given above are only applicable to large dinner parties and where the guests are few and the host himself carves these rules will not apply in this case as you will only require the services of your own household domestics you must of course attend personally to the wants of your guests dinner not being served from a side table you must while putting tasteful ornaments upon it be careful not to crowd them and leave room for the substantial dishes 
you must watch the plate of each guest to see that it is well provided and you will invite each one to partake of the various dishes have a servant to pass the plates from you to each guest and from the host to you after he has put the meat upon them that you may add gravy and vegetables before they are set before your visitors at these smaller dinner companies avoid apologizing for anything either in the viands or the arrangement of them you have provided the best your purse will allow prepared as faultlessly as possible you will only gain credit for mock modesty if you apologize for a well-prepared well-spread dinner and if there are faults they will only be made more conspicuous if attention is drawn to them by an apology ease of manner quiet dignity cheerful intelligent conversation and gentle ladylike deportment never appear more charming than when they adorn a lady at the head of her own table end of chapter eleven